Good evening and welcome back to Masks Weekly Radio Show on Family Matters. Masks, mothers and fathers aligned, saving kids, kids of all ages and all stages for all mental health struggles. If you know someone that needs a referral for a therapist, an inpatient or outpatient program, please give us a call, 718-758-0400. I'll repeat the number, maybe it's for yourself, a loved one, a neighbor, or someone you usually would sit next to in shul. Remember, all calls are kept strictly confidential. One can call anonymously. So please jot our number down. Again, it's 718-758-0400. Tonight, I'm really very, very touched that Dr. Jacob Friedman, who is so busy always makes time to come on to the mask radio show. And when I say so busy, sadly, with what happened in Israel yesterday, the loss of such young people, every day there's so much stress in Israel for everyone, and we feel it around the world. And Dr. Jacob Friedman is well-known, world-renowned, and author, psychiatrist, that is actually on the front lines helping those families, your children that are studying in Israel, in the seminaries, in the yeshivas, they're all calling Dr. Friedman for guidance, for support, to be there when these traumatizing things happen and families are away from their loved ones. So he is there to help the schools, the families, the local communities deal with all these struggles. So I'd like to say thank you and welcome you once again, Dr. Friedman's coming on tonight. Thank you. How are you? Mrs. Kleppen, thank you so much. I am truly humbled. I hope that I can do even about 4% of the things that you uh, uh, think that I can. Please, God, I should be helpful. Um, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, there are a lot of challenges here right now. Obviously, a tremendous tragedy uh, yesterday. And we really have to daven hard for the people that were injured and uh, be there to support our loved ones. As you always say, uh, Mrs. Clapman, hug your children tight. I think part of the message for all of us should be that uh, we don't know what's going to happen today. We have to really appreciate each and every moment that we have with the ones we love and really let them know it's not enough that we know and how much we care about our children. Our children have to know how much we love them. So it's it's important to communicate that to them in a language that they can understand. And it's important for us to 
use the universal language uh, and currency of love, which is our time. That's our most important resource and uh, devoting our time to our kids. Uh, nothing shows them how much we care about them and how important they are to us, like sitting down with them and uh, paying attention to them. And, uh, you know, you said that I'm busy doing stuff. I am always grateful to uh, speak with you and with the audience and to support all the fantastic things that you're doing in the community. Again, Mask was one of the original organizations out there helping parents, if not the original one, and you're still doing amazing work in our community. So what can I say? It's my pleasure. Thank you. Um, Dr. Friedman, you bring up, you know, your family members, hugging your family members and letting them know that we love them. I I'm glad you brought that up because you just authored a book called Me and Uncle Baruch, a story for families coping with mental issues. And it's so, it's written with such sensitivity about a young boy that learns how to deal with a loved one that's affected by mental illness. Uh, let's talk about that first. And it's available, Menucha Publishers, you can get it online. Um, so what made you write the book? That's a great question, uh, Mrs. Clapman. I, I think that this is a project that I've had in my mind for a very, very long time, because one of the fundamental questions that gets asked to me uh, when I meet a family who is uh, struggling with somebody that they love, whether it's a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, uh, a child, a grandfather, an aunt or an uncle, uh, just about every family will have somebody who's struggling with something just based upon the numbers. And again, one of the most important things they'll ask is how do we tell the kids? How do we explain to them what's happening? What can we do to uh, help the kids have a better uh, hop on what's happening within the family? Because we know that if children aren't provided with information and aren't uh, given an explanation in a language that makes sense to them, that their imaginations will take over. And situations that have a, a calm, a, a calm and a, an understanding that can provide them with a sense of security, I think I should say, uh, can handle adversity much better. All of us can when we have a better understanding of what's going on. So families will say, how do we explain what's happening with uh, Grandma Yochavid? How do we explain what's happening with uh, our big brother? How do we explain what's happening with our sister? How do we understand what's going on with Uncle Baruch? And I wrote this book um, to help families essentially have this discussion with uh, the children in the house. So that way the children will know that they are not alone. The children will know that it's going to be okay. And the children will feel comfortable having a discussion. Um, I'm really grateful with the way that it turned out. And I'm grateful, uh, I should say, of mass support of this project uh, as well because I know that it's so common that you are helping families 
deal with these sorts of crises and to make sense of them. But and it's so important because children, are, besides being confused, they sometimes come to the wrong conclusions. So by being open and honest and discussing it with a book, then it would be a great resource for families to help the communication. And also stigma is a big, big issue. Everyone's scared about what everyone's going to say if they know. So the more that we start from the bottom up, the more that we start from the younger children being able to speak about mental illness, then we are working towards stigma-free in general. So, doctor, let's go to the topic that is so confusing for so many. Drugs, pot, marijuana is being, you know, it's approved. You know, kids think, oh, it's legal. Now I could use it. And the topic of psychedelics. So, what do you have to say about this most confusing times that we're in in reference to these drugs? Uh, that is a really important topic, and I'm glad that we're having a chance to discuss this. Um, I think that the most confusing thing, as you brought up for so many people, is that these are starting to be legalized. Uh, most states uh now have either decriminalization or legalization of marijuana. And uh, some states in America, some countries have now legalized psychedelic drugs, uh, whether it's psilocybin, psychedelic mushrooms, ayahuasca, uh, LSD. Uh, there's also a lot of press about these being used uh, for medical purposes and in some cases prescribed uh, medical marijuana is a term that's been around for a long time. Uh, I think we should ask why are psychiatrists nearly universally uh, concerned with marijuana and psychedelic use? And first we can uh, perhaps define uh, what happens to the brain when people are using these uh, substances, which is that different chemicals uh, called neurotransmitters uh, will change their activity within the brain and cause uh, a variety of experiences. For some people uh, who smoke marijuana, they'll get hungry, they'll get tired, uh, their mood will change, they'll find things funny, they'll find things more interesting. But for a large percentage of people who uh, use marijuana, whether they're eating it or they're smoking it, uh, they will have strange or scary experiences. And this is most common in people who have uh, genetic uh, predisposition for mental illness. So for folks who have a genetic predisposition for anxiety disorders, for depression, for bipolar disorder, for schizophrenia, nothing is as dangerous as using marijuana uh, this is associated with uh, need for psychiatric hospitalization, with dangerous behaviors, with uh, suicidality, 
and uh, with impulsive and reckless behaviors. And again, that's not necessarily what's going to happen to everyone, but people who are at risk for mental health problems can have their uh, genes essentially become ignited. Uh, I like to think about it uh, with a muscle of a campfire, that there is uh, kindling and tinder just waiting for the match. And for people uh, that are at the greatest risk, uh, it's like bringing a flamethrower to the campfire. So this is very, very important to keep in mind uh, that about uh, a quarter of folks marijuana will have increased anxiety, uh, changes in their mood, and potentially, uh, depending on their genes, uh, psychotic symptoms. So again, you might say, well, that's not everyone. Uh, and the answer is correct. But uh, people in our community who are going to be uh, using are already folks who are marginalized uh, teens who are at risk, teens who have had history of trauma and distress. So these are already people that uh, are more likely to have challenges with mental health uh, issues. And just because there are things that are prescribed uh, doesn't mean that uh, it's a good idea. Just because things are legal doesn't mean it's a good idea. Uh, tattooing your face is legal. Uh, going to a casino and putting all of your hard-earned money uh, on a game of blackjack is legal. That doesn't mean it's a great idea. And just because you know somebody that thinks they look cool with a tattoo or won a lot of money at a casino, that's not a riot. That's not the rove of people. That's not a common situation. Um, with psychedelics, it's quite similar. Again, psychedelics are drugs that make people hallucinate, uh, and uh, they actually mimic psychotic symptoms. And while we've heard about people who have had good experiences, uh, the vast majority of people have strange experiences or adverse events. Uh, I saw an interesting statistic that uh, in even studies trying to see if these drugs are useful for uh, medical purposes, that the risk of adverse medical uh, events and adverse psychiatric events was profound. And I can tell you my experience having run an emergency room uh, in Boston, filled with college students every single night who had used psychedelic drugs and were having acute psychotic episodes headed for the inpatient psychiatric unit. So just because things are becoming legalized doesn't mean it's a great idea. And just because you've heard about somebody who's had a good experience with something doesn't mean that you'll have the same experience. Um Again, those are some uh, general thoughts. Dr. Friedman, what about medical marijuana? What are your feelings about that? Because that holds a lot of confusion for young adults. Okay, that's a great question. So I actually believe that there is a value in studying uh, 
cannabinoids. Um, marijuana is called cannabis, and cannabinoids are chemicals that come from uh, marijuana. We know that, for example, uh, there are some cannabinoids that are helpful in the treatment of seizures. That is not medical marijuana. That is a specific uh, chemical compound that is derived from marijuana. So the difference between smoking marijuana and taking a specific uh, medication at a specific dose for a specific illness that was a chemical derived from marijuana is quite significant. Uh, the studies in the treatment of mental health with marijuana are pretty significant that marijuana uh, does not help depression. Marijuana does not help anxiety. Uh, people who smoke marijuana that say they feel better when they smoke it or they feel less anxious when they smoke it, there's always a rebound anxiety and a rebound depression afterwards. Uh, those studies are very good. As far as uh, what the future holds, uh, again, I'm optimistic that there, forgive me for being a bit of a chassid here, but I think there's always uh, a bit of good that can come from everything. And I believe that uh, there are some interesting uh, chemical compounds that will come from uh, marijuana that can be used to treat uh, specific medical conditions, but stam smoking marijuana is not a therapeutic treatment. Um, again, just because it's prescribed by some agenda-driven doctors does not mean that it's a mainstream practice. And here in Israel, there is a prominent physician who was giving everybody marijuana, no matter what their diagnosis was. And he was ostracized from the medical community recently because he was uh, not practicing safe medicine. And unfortunately, just as there are lawyers who do illegal things, uh, there are doctors who make bad medical decisions. And uh, we have to uh, daven for good shaluchim. And we have to, frankly, ask great organizations like uh, MASK, uh, who is a good doctor to treat uh, the specific condition that I need help for? You know, uh, I, I know that MASK has a database of great uh, clinicians and that you uh, are frequently approached, Mrs. Clapman, for referrals. And uh, I know that uh, that's a great way of vetting a high quality treatment provider who's going to offer a treatment that's consistent with uh, the most up-to-date medical practices as opposed to one individual's specific uh, agenda. Yes, MASP is a referral organization and we are in our 25th year. Over 119,000 families have attended our programs, reached out, or referrals in all areas of mental health and addiction. Um, Dr. Friedman, social media. I mean, if you were to look on Instagram and so many other platforms, there 
offering CBD and they're making it sound like it's the best thing since sliced bread. Where are we going with all this? The young people are, the young people think it's fine to just get hooked on that and just keep popping chewies. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great point. I I think uh, somebody recently showed me that there's actually a uh, edible gummy bear that's in the shape of an ear, in the shape of an ear that a prominent uh, boxer uh, is endorsing because he was known for biting another boxer's ear. And now he's marketing this as an edible marijuana. So, you know, just because things are out there and being marketed doesn't mean it's a great idea. That's why in our community, you know, it's so important that we are really teaching what's special about Yiddishkeit and teaching what we have to offer so that way people don't go running around to try and find inspiration in other places. Um, That's a bit of a digression, but uh, I I think CBD oil uh, is something that uh, really has no uh, scientific basis for it at this point, as far as I'm uh, concerned. I think it's also unregulated. So there's no way of defining uh, the dose that a person's getting or uh, the concentration that a person's getting. I think that uh, furthermore, the placebo effect is profound. If a person thinks that this is a miracle cure, it's probably a miracle cure. But I've also got a bridge uh, in Brooklyn to sell you if you're interested. Uh, So... You know, families that do get addicted to these CBD gummies uh, in all shapes, sizes, and forms, um, if they have a predisposition to any mental health struggles, tell us what can happen to that, please. Sure. So let, let's just bring up uh, the myth that marijuana is not addictive. Uh, this was something that was uh, around for just about forever, but we've learned as a as a, the field of medicine in the recent years that marijuana is certainly uh, both psychologically and physically addictive. People who are regular users, when they stop, will experience withdrawal and they experience tolerance in that there's a higher need to use uh, in order to get that same feeling. So withdrawal is insomnia, anxiety, uh, stomach disturbance. Um, So this is concerning. Uh, Do people necessarily need detoxification uh, in an inpatient unit? Not necessarily by any means, but people do need to be uh, monitored by professionals and people do need the support of professionals because it's unpleasant uh, to come off of substances. And certainly in our community, we find that, uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, your average young adult uh, doesn't go out seeking this stuff. Uh, it's the kids who are already at risk. It's the kids who are already struggling. It's the kids who are abused. So uh, getting them uh, the help that they need to overcome uh, the trauma in their lives, the frustration in their lives, the feelings of being misunderstood that have led them towards this uh, is so important. And again, finding proper uh 
clinicians who are culturally sensitive, understand our community, the ins and outs, and people who are licensed professionals, people who have proper training. There's no substitute for that. And that the therapist should be in supervision. I just want to put that out there. I agree 100%. And I always tell uh, young clinicians who have just finished their social work training, uh, their psychology training. I even tell my fellow psychiatrists uh, in the beginning of their uh, learning, if you are not uh, in supervision, if you're not uh, under the guidance and mentorship of a senior uh, mental health professional, you're you're doing your patients a disservice uh, because uh, you don't know everything yet and you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, because there's so much more to learn. I, I would say even at this point in my career, I'm still in active peer supervision uh, with two very dear colleagues of mine, Dr. Zev Alexander and Dr. Shmuel Harris, great psychiatrists, wonderful from guys. And we talk about our cases in order to make sure that uh, we're providing the highest quality care for our patients. Well, we are running out of time, but I, I, I'm wondering what you want to say to the listeners out there that are considering using psychedelics or just, you know, CBD oils and gummies. What would you like to say? I would say that there's no quick fix. There's no quick solution. Um, Anybody who's ever trying to offer you that over the history of mankind, uh, Uh, has never been successful. Uh, I would tell you that if you want to work on yourself, uh, we have uh, the Musser movement. uh, We have the 12-step movement uh, and the recovery programs of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, which is based on the Musser movement, uh, according to Rabbi Tversky's Zetzal. Um, We have things like exercise and mindfulness and eating healthy that can do so much to expand your brain and your thinking and uh, your relationships with the ones that you love. Uh, There's no substitute for uh, psychotherapy, which helps unhealthy people to get healthy and healthy people to get even healthier. So uh, I would really encourage people to realize that there's a downside to uh, psychedelic drugs because there's a significant risk of uh, negative outcomes. Uh, And there is no downside to cardiovascular exercise, mindfulness, and eating healthy and spending more meaningful time with your family. Um, I I would also encourage people to ask questions, as you said, uh, Mrs. Sklapman, in a confidential manner to mask. Uh, people can call up, they can ask questions, and you can provide them with the most up-to-date uh, uh, clinical research, uh, which at this point suggests that recreational use of marijuana, CBD, and uh, psychedelic drugs such as ayahuasca and psilocybin is not therapeutic. And you can also uh, provide them with resources for uh, seeking out what they are trying to find. Um, I'm grateful. Uh, I know that you do such good work. It's really a pleasure uh, to collaborate with you. Uh, I'd talk forever, uh, but I know that this is a half an hour program. Mm -hmm. And 
<laughs> we'll yeah, do another thank, one soon. Yeah, Mr. Shem. Well, thank you so much. We have one minute left. Let's give a plug to your book. Um, thank you so much. Me and Uncle Baruch is uh, is a book about helping children to understand uh, what it means when one of their loved ones, when one of their family members is struggling with mental illness. Uh, it destigmatizes things for the family. It uh, allows children to ask questions that might otherwise be concerning or scary for them. And it allows parents to tell their children that everything's going to be okay. Uh, it was uh, written and published with the help of uh, great organizations like MASK. And uh, it was a project that uh, Rabbi Torsky's itself uh, provided me with uh, fantastic mentorship on. So I I hope that people should not know these challenges, but uh, unfortunately, just about every family does know these challenges. And, and I do hope that uh, this will be a useful uh, resource for families to, uh, to overcome these challenges. And uh, we're all part of one big family. Uh, I'm grateful for all that, that you do. Yeah, well, thank you, Dr. Friedman. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you for coming on and always being there for the cloud. Thank you. It's my Zuchos Robinson. Good chodesh. Thank you. Good chodesh to everyone. And I want to wish everyone a very good evening, a beautiful Shabbos. And always remember, hang in, hold on, and virtually for now still, Hug tight. Tonight's show is in memory of Ita Bas Hanoch Aaron. Please consider to go online and make donations so that Mass can continue with all of our programs. Maskparents.org. Thank you and happy holiday to those that are celebrating this evening. Thank you. Good night.